Principles of Economics, my complete guide to understanding economics, is now available in hardcover, audiobook, and ebook from SafeAdeen.com, Amazon, and many more booksellers worldwide. And now, I am also teaching a course based on this book on my website, SafeAdeen.com. Principles of Economics will run the whole academic year, from September to June, and will have a new lecture every two weeks, as well as weekly live online discussion seminars open to learners from all over the world and from all walks of life. Whether you're a student, a professional, or a retiree, you are making economic decisions every day, and this course will arm you with the wisdom of centuries of economists to improve your economic decision-making. You'll also get a free book of Principles of Economics if you sign up for the course. Go to safeaddeen.com and sign up now. The Bitcoin Standard Podcast is brought to you by Orange Pill App, the Bitcoin-only social network that connects you with high-signal Bitcoiners, events, and now merchants as well. If you're like me and can't stop talking about Bitcoin, you know how challenging it can be to talk to the no-coiners and how nice it is to talk to someone who gets you. With the Orange Pill app, you can find the Bitcoiners near you and they can replace the no-coiners in your life. You can organize events and meetups with local Bitcoiners and wherever you travel, you can meet up with local Bitcoiners all while being as anonymous as you like. So if you want to build your local network of Bitcoiners, find a Bitcoin meetup or merchants accepting Bitcoin, head over to orangepillapp.com to sign up or download the app from the App Store or Google Play Store and send me a DM so we can get connected. The Bitcoin Standard Podcast is brought to you by CoinKite. CoinKite are my favorite makers of Bitcoin hardware. They produce the legendary Open Dime, the first Bitcoin bearer asset, as well as the reliable cold card hardware wallet, the excellent stainless steel seed plates for storing your seed phrases, and the block clock. Now, CoinKite have produced the SATS card, a card the size of a credit card which can store Bitcoin and works great as a gift. CoinKite have just produced a limited edition gorgeous Bitcoin Standard SATS card, which carries the Bitcoin Standard logo, and you can get it from coinkite.shop slash Bitcoin Standard. Use the code Bitcoin Standard to get 5% off your purchase. This podcast is also brought to you by the Bitcoin Way, your professional Bitcoin IT team offering you personalized, secure, and comprehensive solutions for every step along your Bitcoin journey. The Bitcoin Way offer live concierge service to guide you with your Bitcoin cold storage, running your node, privacy best practices, inheritance planning, corporate strategy, and multi-sig solutions. They don't touch your coins, they guide you through the process of acquiring your coins and securing them. If you'd like to make your setup safer and more reliable, book a consult with them and see what they have to suggest. If you want to give someone the gift of Bitcoin, get them this professional service that will ensure they start off knowing exactly how to manage their coins and not lose them. Go to thebitcoinway.com and start Bitcoining more confidently. You've seen, been following the news of um, Argo, right? The uh, the miner uh, out of um, out of Europe that are basically going to go bankrupt. And what, did I see a, a core scientific were in trouble as well? Yep, core scientific are in trouble, and also Iris. We also hosted Iris just in today. Uh, Iris don't seem to be doing well. What's the what? Yeah, I mean, if we play this out in our minds, what do you see happening? 
Um, I think it's uh, well in the case of Core Scientific. I mean, they're still very profitable. In ter- if you if if they weren't in debt, their problem was that they took on too much leverage. They're still mining forty bitcoins a day today, so their mines are churning out eight hundred thousand dollars worth of bitcoin every day. So it's extremely profitable. They have a good operation, but they took on a lot of debt and expanded based on debt, and now they can't pay their debts, and so they're in trouble. I think Iris is a little bit like that. I haven't looked closely at Iris, but that's really the case, I think, with them as well. I mean, honestly, I think this is this is always the case, and it's just we always get fooled into thinking this time is different, but there's no way around it. Miners need to get wrecked in Bitcoin. If you're mining with um, wind or solar, you're going to get wrecked. If you're mining with uh, credit, you're going to get wrecked. The only way that uh, the way the only way that you can survive as a miner is if you're going to um, if you're able to have if you're going to have no debt to service and you haven't borrowed anything, and at the absolute peak, uh, at the absolute bottom of the market, you need to be mining on nothing but three or four cents per kilowatt hour and have no debt service. This is it. 24-7 electricity at 3, 4 cents per kilowatt hour and no debt. If you can do that, you can survive as a miner. If you can't do that, you're just not going to make it. Because if you take on debt, you are taking on debt. You know, you're not going to get debt now. Nobody's lending to Bitcoin miners now because now they're all wrecked. You're not borrowing at a time when um, your expectations for profit are very low. The only time you're going to be getting good debt in Bitcoin mining is when the price is very high. At that point, you have unreasonable expectations and very bullish expectations about where the price is going to go. So I don't see it working out any other way. You have to just have very cheap electricity because like, it all goes back to the difficulty adjustment as far as I can tell. The difficulty adjustment just means you're only going to have the most efficient miners succeed. And I think like for next time, remind me of this, everybody, the the moment that you hear about miners getting into massive debt and getting enormous amounts of financing, and the moment that you hear about miners talking about mining with renewables and green energy and solar and wind, red flag. One of two things is going to happen, but most likely both are going to happen. The price is going to crash. The difficulty is going to go up. That's it. If somebody out there can lend money to somebody who's saying we are going to mine with solar, Bitcoin price is too high. Bitcoin's difficulty is too low. There's going to be a crash. The price is going to drop and there's going to be a difficulty adjustment because if somebody is out there lending to solar miners, a lot of idiots are out there lending for a lot of miners then and the hash rate is going to go up. And if they're uh, borrowing against this, then they're borrowing against coins that they're going to have to sell as soon as there's a correction and their selling is going to exacerbate the correction. So there's going to be a big crash. So if we get to the point where the profitability of mining is where it was about a year ago and the miners are just completely getting, um, you know, very enthusiastic about we're going to mine with um, green energy and we're taking on debt and we're expanding. Remember, remember Matt Odell. Just 
stay humble and stack sats and borrowing in order to mine on solar and wind is definitely not staying humble. <laughs> You're going to get wrecked. I think there's, there's just no way around it. It's, um, th- this is what they don't get. I think it, that it's, 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 it's a brutally competitive market in mining and it is a zero sum game. There's only 900 coins being handed out every day. And if, uh, if more and more people invested mining, that's just going to raise the difficulty and it's just going to... And I think the reason that it is in, inherently and inevitably self-correcting is the difficulty goes up. More miners come in. As long as there's profitability in mining, more miners are going to come in and they're going to borrow against their future mining revenue. So borrowing against future mining revenue is just future selling pressure. I think this is the way to think of it. If you're borrowing today when Bitcoin is at, uh, or let's say, if you're borrowing last year when Bitcoin is at 50K, then you're just planning on selling next year. And so when a lot of miners are coming in, then that's a lot of people that are going to be selling next year, which is now, you know. So people who are borrowing one year ago is a lot of selling pressure today and a lot of extra hash rate that's going to come in today. So one year from now, there's going to be massive selling pressure and there's going to be massive difficulty increase. And those two things are like two blades of a scissor cutting the miners because the more the difficulty goes up, the fewer coins you get and the um, lower the price goes, the lower the price goes, the more coins you have to sell. So there's no way around. And that's why I really think like uh, the best mining uh, strategy is to let other people mine while you stack sats. Like it's just everybody I know that gets into mining gets wrecked. Everybody thinks they know better. Everybody thinks they have a connection. They knew this. And now, you know, I get messages from people all the time. Hey, I've got uh, 100 uh, S19s and I'm looking for a place to host them. And uh, I've got uh, thousands of... uh, um, machines and I don't know what to do with them and the, 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 there's just no easy way around it the only time it makes sense like if you have to ask if you are thinking of mining in general as an idea and looking around for places to mine and hardware to buy mining is not for you if you happen to have a power source if you happen to have you know a family that owns a giant piece of land that has a big river going through it. And you know that that river can make electricity and you have no way of getting rid of that electricity. So then in that case, yeah, you can maybe get very cheap electricity. And if you can finance it without credit, then maybe you should do it. But all other conditions, you know, if you live in a city and your only source of electricity is your local grid and you're going to go around looking for electricity sources, you're going to get wrecked. If you're going to be borrowing from people to lend, to invest, you're going to get wrecked. I just don't see a way around it. You need to be, I think you need to be thinking of it in terms of, um, you need to be doing your, uh, you need to be, doing your math based on the idea that I can get three cents per kilowatt hour electricity 
which is extremely hard for anybody to get anywhere in the world. You know, very few people around the world are able to get that kind of rate. And it's mostly available in places that have built hydroelectric power generation capacity, but don't have high demand. So like the Pacific Northwest of the US, for instance, is one place where this happens. So if you have three cents per kilowatt hour electricity and you're able to finance it yourself with your own money, and I would also add that it's the money that you need in order to finance the operation is less than 10% of your Bitcoin stash, then go ahead and mine. Like if you're going to be mining with more than 10% of your Bitcoin stash, you're taking an extremely irresponsible risk because almost certainly you would have been better off just buying Bitcoin. Almost certainly you would have been just better off buying DCAing into Bitcoin. Uh, you know, making a lump sum purchase and then DCAing over the next year or so, it's almost certainly going to work out better because you just buy the coins and you keep stacking. And if the price go up, goes up, goes down, you buy, you get more coins. If the price goes up, your investment goes up. You don't have to worry about the difficulty. You don't have to worry about how many miners get in. And, and I mean, the, the best part about it really is that you benefit from the miners getting wrecked. Like right now, all of us who are able to stack at very low uh, prices relatively compared to last year, we're doing that because of all the miners selling. You know, the reason that the price today is 20,000 um, is because Core had to sell, what is it, 5,000 Bitcoin or something like that. And Argo and Iris and all of these companies have had to sell the vast majority of their Bitcoins. So they're all having to sell at the time when the market is crashing and the difficulty is rising. And it just keeps getting worse for them and they keep getting wrecked and they keep selling. And all of the DCA army, you don't have to worry about electricity. You don't have to worry about securing your mining equipment. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You're just stacking there. So this this is where you want to be. The, like, if you if you take anything that I say and think, well, yeah, maybe I should be getting in, then probably you're not getting in. Like, no, you should just not be getting into mining at all. Um, I think, like with gold, like mining Bitcoin is just um, made to wreck the miners. That's just how it is. Like mining gold. Um, I remember reading Ibn Khaldun. He said that um, gold prospecting is the least respectable profession, um, only second to taking people as ransom for uh, to taking people hostage for ransom. So he said that the most despicable profession is kidnapping for ransom. The second most despicable profession is gold mining, <laughs> gold prospecting. Why? Because you're just basically gambling. You're going out there digging wall, um, holes in order to make new coins, in order to find gold, which is not adding value to anybody in the real world. You know, other people, in order to make gold, what do they do? They wake up in the morning and they serve others. You cook, you grow food, you um, build houses, you do things of value to others, and they give you some of their gold. And then if you're an antisocial person, you go and you kidnap somebody and then you only return them to their family if the family pays you uh, a ransom. Or you just go and dig in nature and find gold and then you just get that money without producing anything of value. And so the reason that gold works as money 
is because it wrecks the miners. It's because miners go out there and prospect and spend hours and days and years digging. And usually it's not worth it. Usually they end up getting wrecked. Usually they would have been better off um, teaching math, building homes, growing crops, and selling them to people, and then stacking the gold that they get. This is a much better way of mining gold. You know, you just do something productive for society and you get money out of it. And so that's, and I discussed this in the Bitcoin standard, like that's why um, mining uh, gold is bad. And that's why gold is good money. Because if it was profitable to mine gold, then you're you're going to have everybody mining gold all the time instead of working and being productive. Basically, what we have with the fiat system. That's why the fiat money is so terrible because you look around you today and for every person out there doing a productive job, there's another person probably doing a parasitic job that lives off fiat. You know, all of fiat world, all of fiat clown world is people who don't produce things of value, but they found a way to position themselves close to the money printer. Because the money printer is so prolific, because the money handed out is so much money, because, you know, every year we're increasing the money supply by 7, 8, 10% or so, just in the best currencies, but on average, it's like 14% probably for overall. I guess you could argue 14% of global workforce is parasitic. It's just out there getting the money inflation. And so that's why it's a bad money because we have 14% of society that are being parasites on the 86% of us that are productive. 14% of society are out there um, not producing anything, but they're mining fiat. They're jumping through hoops in order to justify getting some of the new money. These people could be uh, in finance. They could be in all of the government-connected companies. They're government bureaucrats. Everybody who's getting money without serving um, society is basically um, a burden on society. And so that's why it's a bad money. And that's also the case with Bitcoin. Like, if everybody is mining Bitcoin, Bitcoin is crappy money. People need to be earning Bitcoin. People need to be working hard to produce things of value and then to store the excess value that they uh, save, that they don't consume, store that value in Bitcoin. That's what would make it a good money. So uh, the wrecking of miners will have to continue, I believe. Um, it's just always going to be that case. That's that. That's what the difficulty adjustment ensures. We're, you know, with gold, we only had one and a half or two percent increase in the gold supply every year. With Bitcoin, we're getting an even smaller increase, and so we're going to inevitably have to have a very small number of people mining profitably. It has to be tiny, and um, it's I think going to get. Um, probably more small scale and more decentralized. Like the the notion of very big miners controlling so much of the hash rate is not sustainable because it's not very sustainable to, it's not very possible to get large amounts of energy at a certain amount of, at a certain place at a very low cost. Um, it's not easy to mobilize the capital for that without borrowing, which is going to be extremely reckless and will get you wrecked when the difficulty goes up. And it's not easy from a thermodynamic perspective. There are no easy places uh, where you can just go and connect 1% of the Bitcoin hash rate or 5% of the Bitcoin hash rate 
and get electricity at two cents per kilowatt hour. It's going to be a very, um, very, very big, diverse um, patchwork of tiny places where, you know, this tiny little river here has a few miners connected and that tiny river there. And, um, you know, a few nuclear plants will have some excess capacity here and there. And um, grids that have built excess capacity might be willing to sell some excess at a very low rate here and there. But I think the centralization of mining is just... um, is is not very feasible from a purely economic perspective. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. And the bigger it is, the bigger the operation is, you can only get bigger by getting into more expensive power or getting into debt. And both of those things are going to get wrecked with uh, difficulty adjustment. So, which, sorry, Steve. Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing, right? Uh, more decentralization. And there's a, there's a big community of people out there. Max on the bit by bit pod just did a whole month of pleb mining, he called it. And it seems so interesting listening to just individuals just with one machine in their home and they're not running it all day. They're running it to heat the water for their shower when they need it or running it in the winter, if, especially if you're on electric anyway for your heat. If you can just run it for a couple of hours a day, to get that heat that you need it when you need it that's feasible then you know if you're going to be spending the money anyway on the electricity to heat your home you might as well spend it to run a miner doesn't have to be for 24 7 and this is what's really interesting with all these big machine uh, big uh, companies going belly up so many machines are going to be coming onto the market that it, it, it could really um, kind of rejuvenate a, a, a pleb movement a grass mo- grassroots movement to have solo miners plugged in at your home, but not 24-7. You know, it doesn't need to be. It's, if we play that out in a couple of years' time, it could be very interesting. The syllabus for my new online economics course, Principles of Economics, is now available on safedean.com. The course will take place over 18 lectures, each based on one chapter from my new book, Principles of Economics, which will be available for free as an ebook for everyone registering for the course. Lectures will be released once every two weeks on Mondays, starting on the 25th of September, 2023, and will be available in video and audio format. Live discussion seminars will be held once a week on Thursdays at alternating time slots, 12 hours apart, to ensure learners can attend from all over the world. I'm happy to announce that I have set up my new publishing house and online bookstore, The Safe House which will be publishing and delivering the best Bitcoin and Austrian economics books worldwide in hardcover, audiobook, and ebook formats. Go to thesafehouse.com to buy my latest book, Principles of Economics, as well as the Fiat Standard and the Bitcoin Standard. And now I'm also publishing Fiat Food, Matthew Lishak's amazing investigation into how inflation ruined our diet and health. And I'm also publishing Lynn Alden's Broken Money, her masterful exploration of the failures of the global financial system and how Bitcoin fixes it. This is a Bitcoiner's bookshop, so the books are printed in beautiful cloth hardcover made to last with an ice-colored dust jacket on top. Go to thesafehouse.com and get yours now. Yeah, I think there is a there is a case for that. I think... Um... I'm not. I'm still not entirely sold on whether this is actually sustainable and profitable. Um, 
I think there is the value of getting KYC free coins. Yes. And that is probably the value that um, allows people to get into this and um, not be too concerned about whether they're making a profit or not. But overall, I doubt, even if you're using it for the heat, I doubt it's going to be better than just uh, buying the Satoshis upfront. Um, it's, it's, it obviously depends on the time that you buy. Um, but, um, whether it's economical or not, I don't think so. But yeah, I think it's just going to become more and more significant because more and more people are going to be doing it anyway, whether it is economical or not. Um, and I think, um, remember we had, um, Ben, I think from, wait, I forget the name. This is some Canadian mining company. I forget the name. We had them on the podcast um, a year and a half or so ago. Um, and he said he thinks mining can operate at bit farms. I think he's from bit farms. And he thinks mining can operate at two scales. Either it's, uh, either they are, you know, either the small miner where you have one or two machines in your house and you're able to run it or the very big miners, but the middle of the road kind of um, uh, side gig in a small warehouse is what's really going to struggle to compete. I think um, perhaps the last few weeks are making us revisit that. I think we're seeing the big scale miners are getting wrecked. Um, A lot of them are at least. And um, the small scale is going to be maybe sustainable. Maybe the middle scale might become more and more sustainable um, over time. But I think it's just going to be very cutthroat. I don't think there's very easy way, very easy formulas for what um, scale or size is going to be successful. I just think cheap electricity is the key thing. You need to just have a lot of cheap electricity. Um, And... That's just not an easy thing to get because it's um, it's it's not very uh, widely available. If you if you have an easy way of getting two three cents per kilowatt hour electricity, um, you're probably not getting a lot of it. It's it's just not easy to make that. It's expensive to make electricity in general. It's more expensive. The average electricity cost worldwide. And I, this is based on 2020 numbers or 2019 numbers. So before the recent craziness, it was about 14 cents per kilowatt hour. And that's the average cost that people pay for electricity worldwide. So if you're paying anything close to 10 cents per kilowatt hour, you're just not going to make it through the bear market. And if you don't make it through the bear market, it's, it's not just that you, oh, you've, no, you've lost some money for a few months, but you know your operation is uh, profitable for the rest of the time. The, you know, you're profitable in dollar terms. You'll, you'll still be profitable in dollar terms, but in order to be profitable in Bitcoin terms, in other words, in order for your mining investment to beat just stacking sats, you will need to be profitable likely throughout the whole period. You need to be profitable through the depths of the uh, market. And if you have to sell some of your mined coins during the market, you're just not going to make it, I think. And also, I think that the other thing about small-scale electricity is that electricity costs uh, can very easily rise. So you think that right now you're getting, um, you know, you're getting your electricity at home for seven cents per kilowatt hour, six cents per kilowatt hour, 
But, you know, because we're in a climate crisis, it's entirely feasible that um, you could get um, rates jacked. You know, your utility company is going to say, sorry, we can't give you seven cents. We'll give you nine, 10, 12, 15. And that's what's happening to a lot of people around the world right now. Marquita, you're saying you were mining. Were you mining at home with like your own machine or were you mining hosting somewhere else? Yeah, sorry. It's, uh, it's nap time. Yeah, so I, I, I paid a host to mine for us, but that was last year. We were making money. But it's like you said, it's it's rough and um, it hasn't been profitable. So I've just been stacking lately. But it's it's about difficulty. It's about energy costs. It's, it's everything. It was like a profit share group. And... Um, I was trying everything last year. I was so excited. But yeah, it, it, I've, I've unplugged since. Um, I'm just stacking because it's, it's, it's yeah. better for me this year. Would it have been better if you were stacking from the beginning? So Are I started, the I, like I started, I, I guess I didn't look into it that much, but I started stacking and that was good. And then I got into mining, like right in the summer where, you, you know, miners were earning, um, I think it was like, when the price dropped, I think it was the difficulty went down or it was something, something in the dynamics where mining became like one and a half times more profitable. And it was just that good, lucky summer. And I earned so yeah, much after more the China ban. Yeah, the China ban. Right. I, I, I'm not super technical. I, I understand what you guys say, but I can't <laughs> regurgitate it. But whatever, you know, happened, I got really lucky and I earned more than what I invested, just put that way. Like I, I easily doubled than if I had just bought, you know, put in 15K um, buying, I was able to double that. What was it? Maybe triple, I trebled it. Um, but it was just timing. Like if I had, I done it like after the summer, I would have got totally wrecked. Um, and so we, we unplugged in November and I just started stacking because the price plunged. Um, it got a little crazy <laughs> as we all know. But, yeah. 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 Generally, I'm uh, I'm I'm still quite glad that I've never gotten into mining. Um, I've never uh, put in satoshis into uh, mining. I mean, I do have a small stake at Upstream Data, um, very small stake, and I'm an advisor there. But uh, it's. Um, it, that that's more than just a mining business. They do have, uh, you know, they, they build mining hardware. But uh, overall, I don't think mining is a very. Uh, yeah, I agree. I honestly, I agree a hundred percent with you, um, Safeting. Again, you don't want to play these kinds of games with luck. And I was trying to, uh, you know, a bunch of different things, and I just tend to learn by experience and being hands on and pretty intense that way. But um, I, I took a big risk not realizing that it was a risk right so it's it's not something that i would ever advise anyone else to do it's just i had it to do it and had the i don't want to say play money but that's what it was and then we got lucky but i knew why to get out whereas maybe a lot of other partners didn't understand like why they needed to get out and everybody acted in their own you know for whatever they needed to do but i knew it was time to go based on my knowledge of what i've learned here um, so it's just unfortunate because a lot of folks don't get it, but I know why I was lucky and uh, I don't want to take that risk again. <laughs> so I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm also sharing like it just so happens to work out. Maybe beginner's luck, right? It's my first year uh, learning all this stuff, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, it's way too complicated. 
Yeah, I'm one of the uh, one of the Twitter uh, old timers, Mr. Hoddle. A highly recommended follow. This guy is like one of the first people that I followed on Bitcoin Twitter when I was in uh, when when I got into Bitcoin, and uh, he's just been there. I've met him once. Um, he's just been there. He's just been repeating the same tweet basically. <laughs> the same 10 tweets he just keeps repeating them and the world around him you know the world of mining and crypto and shit coins it just keeps making the same mistakes and he just keeps repeating the same the same mantras over and over again and they just get more and more profound and one of his things he always says he he learned it he says uh, like miners will get miners have to learn by getting wrecked and he himself got wrecked he started mining he says i think in 2012 or 2013 or something like that he started mining pretty early and uh, he made dollars yeah he made money in dollar terms like he got more dollars out of mining than he put in but he learned a very expensive lesson because if he had just bought Bitcoin with his coins rather than trying to mine, he would have had a lot more Satoshis. And so <laughs> it's 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 funny because he, that was the lesson that he learned in 2012, in the bear market of 2012. And he learned, and then we got people learning this lesson again in 2014 and 15. And then we had people learning this lesson again in 2018 and 19. And now we're getting a whole new generation. You know, each time the difficulty is up 10x, Bitcoin's up around 10x. And the number of people that are learning the lesson is up 10x. And the amount of money burned in the lesson is up 10x. And Mr. Hoddle's just there saying everybody needs to get their rectification, as he calls it. Yeah, you're gonna have to get wrecked to learn. There's no education quite like rectification. So, you know, we can look forward to this repeating at a much larger scale in 2026 <laughs> with the next bear market. And uh, the miners are gonna be 10 times larger. The difficulty is gonna be 10 times larger. You know, we're gonna have probably nation states mining and sovereign default crises because the difficulty goes up. We're gonna maybe have you know credit ratings for uh, for, for sovereigns um, going up, <laughs> going uh, going down. You know, sovereigns defaulting uh, with the difficulty. Uh, credit markets will be following the Bitcoin difficulty adjustment to assess how this government is going to be able to pay back its loans to mine or not. Um, everybody is gonna have to <laughs> learn the hard way. I think a lot of people only learn the hard way. I'm quite happy with the fact that I had to learn this lesson um, the easy way because I was blessed in a sense <laughs> by having spent my early Bitcoin years in a place with no electricity <laughs> where mining was completely um, not an option. Like we had just such terrible electricity that it never occurred to me that I should be mining. And so... Um, uh, that probably saved me a lot of heartache. <laughs> yeah, it's those technicals, folks. Just don't. It's it's really difficult to explain the technicals of mining and uh, how one could be profitable in an easy way, so that folks can like really analyze whether or not they're in a position to take advantage of mining. It's, yeah, I I can't, I can't, I 
I think I understand it when I hear it. I understand it more now that I've gone through it. And then, uh, you know, when, like, and now I'm looking back. And only because you're explaining it, right? Like, I can't, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could, but I'm not coming up with this stuff by myself. So how, how in the world do we share that? I don't, I have no idea how to share that so folks can get it practically. Yeah. You know? I think, you know, the, the really sad thing is I know some people who have considered mining, who would consider mining, but wouldn't consider buying. And for them, it's just they completely miss the value proposition when they think, oh, okay, well, Bitcoin, all right, hard money. Well, how can I we mine it? No, you don't need to mine it. Just buy it. Why do you, if you have money to mine, you have money to buy. Just buy the Bitcoin and hold on to it. Um, and I know people who have just not bought Bitcoin because they don't accept the idea that you can just buy it. Like, no, if you buy it on the market, like you've missed out on the money-making opportunity. Um, you've missed out on the profit in a sense. Like they think of it as a, some kind of uh, product where, um, you know, if you just uh, go out there and buy it from the supermarket, yeah, you buy it as a consumer product, but there's no money to be made from, you know, buying uh, TVs from supermarkets. You want to make money in TVs, you go and you, uh, produce TVs. So how do we get into the TV business? And I mean, it's, it's, it's an, it's a, almost an admirable entrepreneurial spirit where you see, all right, well, TVs are going to be the next big thing. How do I get into TV making? Computers are going to be the next big thing. How do I make computers? It's a great entrepreneurial way of looking at the world, but it completely doesn't apply to Bitcoin mining. But, um, you're much better off just buying the Bitcoin. And if you have to start thinking about mining from the perspective of, okay, I want to mine. Now, let me see where can I find the right machines and where can I find the electricity to hook up to? You're not going to make it, almost certainly. And I think the only time it's going to make sense is if you come at the problem with the electricity. If you have a gigantic source of electricity that is very cheap and you can use that electricity to make more um to, to mine Bitcoin. If you come at it from that perspective, it might make sense for you. Or if you're an electricity producer, exactly. Yeah, if you're an electricity producer, it makes sense for you. You have to have the surplus of energy itself and have no way to do to go along with that, to, nothing to do with that energy. And you want to mine only with the capacity that you can guarantee is available for you 24-7. All of this nonsense about we switch off the miners and we turn them on and off depending on demand and this and this and that, you're just asking to get wrecked. Um, you need to have your miners running 24-7 because you're paying. So on the one hand, you need cheap electricity. On the other hand, you need cheap mining equipment and you need to make use of your mining equipment. If you're turning off your mining equipment, you're not going to make it because your mining equipment is depreciating every second. It's collecting dust. It's getting older and the difficulty is rising. And if you have to switch off your miners, you're just not going to make it next to the miners that are not having to switch off. So you're up against people who are running 24 seven. You know, you have to consider right now, look at how enormous the hash rate is. Look at how much the price has crashed and look at how much the difficulty has gone up. The difficulty has like what tripled in the last year and a half or so. It's just insane. Over the last few weeks, we had an enormous increase in difficulty. So the difficulty is very high. The hash rate is very high. That means a lot of people are plugged in and the price is still crashing. So there are people out there that are still profitable 
at these insane difficulty levels at this very high hash rate at this very low price those are your competition you need to be up there competing with them they're running their machines 24 7 and they're getting cheap enough electricity that they're able to operate this those people aren't out there um you know those people are minting bitcoin at a very um, low rate and they're not out there advertising it and so you need to think of you need to run the numbers i think based on this like you need to think of you what you have right now look at the cost of your electricity and look at the current state of the network today and it might even get worse over the next few months but i think today um today is a good day to run this if you had your operation running calculate all of the costs of operation that you have calculate all the cost of electricity look at the current hash rate and the current difficulty and look at the current bitcoin price are you able to make a 20 percent um, profit on the current uh, network uh, state if the answer is no then you shouldn't be mining and um this i think you know even two years from now let's say in two years from now the price goes up and the difficulty doesn't go up quite as much and it's mining becomes very profitable and we're back to the mania and we have a lot of people investing in mining again if we get to that kind of world again um uh, you know you're going to be tempted to run your numbers based on the bitcoin price then and the bitcoin difficulty then and it's going to make you it's going to make a lot of people look like they can mine profitably and my advice is no go back to november 2022 look at the price and the difficulty at november 2022 and see if you can mine profitably then and it might even get worse we might you know maybe february 2023 is going to be even worse than now so you you know it might get worse but this is this is a good time to try and measure your profitability uh, marquita is asking was Dorsey working on decentralizing home mining with a program what is your take on that i don't know i think <laughs> the difficulty is a, the difficulty adjustment is working on decentralizing mining and it's doing a splendid job it's destroying the biggest miners and um, it's forcing uh, these companies to um, get smaller and get leaner and it's forcing them to sell their coins to um, more buyers i think another aspect of the decentralization which you mentioned in an earlier seminar is that um, you know now the the big miners are either uh, going bankrupt or they if they are surviving they are in no position to be making acquisitions so the other big miners aren't going to be buying up um, core or argo or iris because they are barely able to make their own bills right now and nobody wants to invest in this business right now nobody wants to lend to this business right now so um if we do get you know obviously i think there's still profitable operations many of these got wrecked because they are uh, they they took on debt they didn't get wrecked because they are not profitable you know they're still mining more bitcoin than they are paying in terms of running cost or in other words the uh, dollar value of their bitcoin is higher than the dollar value of their operating cost so these are still profitable businesses it's just that they have the debt that is making them unprofitable so these can um you know these can get sold out 
and they can be um, they can be uh, the, 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 the debt can be exchanged for equity. People will buy the debt. People will buy the equity. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot more decentralized. So more, um, they'd likely be broken up into smaller operational units. I'm not so sure about this. Um, I'm not so sure about this kind of ideological um, decentralization as a service mining. You know, the idea that we're going to sell these miners so that we make it profitable for people to mine profitably at home. Um, in general, businesses that function with a kind of uh, a consideration other than the bottom line can't compete with businesses that compete on the bottom line uh, and that are focused on the bottom line. In other words, if you do want to run a decentralized miner, your best bet is to just go out there and buy the best miner on the market. Um, I'm not so sure that um, uh, this kind of... Uh, social justice mining of we need this to be decentralized so we're going to design these miners to optimize for decentralization is going to compete with the ruthless engineers who are out there just trying to make the best miner so that they can make money you know what I mean yeah um, Bitcoin can't be socialist <laughs> I'm sorry maybe that was part. maybe I said Bitcoin can't be socialist or we can't mix in socialism yeah that might have been harsh but yeah, it's just it, it, the it has to be out there competing with the um, it has to be out there competing out there with other mining makers and this idea that uh, you can design something optimized for decentralization. I'm not so sure you can optimize more than just what the difficulty adjustment already does. Safe. What about the uh, about the intrinsic value of non KYC? In other words, if you look. 10 years, 20 years ahead, and uh, KYC becomes a huge, huge issue, uh, and the value increases, uh, does it somehow make sense today, given that potential future of the value of non-KYC? Yeah, I think this, this is another thing. Like, yeah, um, uh, we were mentioning it earlier. I think a lot of the home mining is arguably not profitable in uh, SATS terms. In other words, you would have been better off just um, um, stacking SATS instead of spending money on electricity and uh, equipment. But for many people, there is that value of uh, not having to give your data to an exchange and not having to get, um, uh, not having to have those uh, satoshis forever linked with your name on the blockchain. I think a lot of people um, think of it like that, and that's likely going to continue to make demand higher demand for um, decentralized mining. And that incidentally helps make mining less and less profitable for everybody else. Something to keep in mind, you know, when you remember, you know, how is all of this hash rate online now, given that the difficulty is so high and the price is so low relatively, and that it's not very profitable. Well, because there's a significant amount of that uh, hash rate that's on the network right now, that's not even interested in um, making a profit. And they're out there just interested in making KYC free sats. So that's even more reason why mining becomes decentralized and why big scale mining is not very uh, likely and profitable 
um, in the long run because I mean you're you're, you're competing with people that are um, in it uh, regardless of the profit. All right, um, I guess that's uh, probably enough for today. So see you guys tomorrow.